Quick note on this week's pod, Jess and I had a longish conversation, and so we decided just to cut into the middle of it. It's a little bit abrupt, but we're just talking about spending habits. I don't think there's much context needed. Uh, here's the episode. Yeah, I mean, it kind of reminds me of like a friend of mine who was like kind of thinking about buying this really nice luxury car. Yeah. And um, he went to the dealership. This is like at the time, I was like, I mean, this is a long time ago, but you know, he was thinking about paying north of $50,000 for a car, which I know these days is a completely regular amount to pay for a car. But (laughs) back then, $50,000 was still considered a lot of money. Um, And uh, we were pretty fresh out of you know he you know we weren't that far out of college and and i was shocked oh, that he was a, thinking this is a about while it. ago okay yeah yeah it was a while ago and i was kind of shocked that he was even thinking about it like the, the it was a car that we would like you know as kids we were just sort of like yo you know that's a and then um one day he decided to go to the dealership and just to check it out and 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 whatever and just sort of like you know it's it, it's telling what happened so basically like he went to the dealership and like the salesman like just didn't give him the time of day and didn't really take him seriously and mm. i don't even think really like was helpful in letting him test drive it because you know he's like this guy's not gonna buy it and so you know what happened was he got upset like he got emotionally pissed off about how he was being treated because he thought you know hey i've got money you don't treat me this way and so he went to that next dealership and they were much more, you know, they they were much more catering to his, you know. Mm-hmm. To his, they acted like they actually wanted his money. Yeah. Yes. And he bought it on site, paid full oh. cash, uh-huh. and then drove it to the first dealership <laughs> and say, hey, look what I got. And the de- the salesman didn't really give a shit because at the time, you know, these yeah. cars are rolling off. Yeah. Everyone's buying. Uh. And I just thought that that was such an emotionally driven purchase mm-hmm. <laughs> that I was shocked. You know, I was like, that's why you bought the car. He was like, yeah, fuck that guy. And there was a, there was this. Fuck there was that this guy. Very specific. That guy. <laughs> fuck yeah, him. Fuck All him. Right. And now he, he's learned his lesson. And, you know, of course, the car actually turned out to be kind of a money pit. Um, it was not, it was a maintenance disaster. Uh, and he, and he kept it, you know, he kept working. He BMW? put so much money into that car. Uh, it was a Lexus actually. Surprisingly, oh, it was a pretty huh, piece of Lexus. shit. Lexus. But the GS 300 or 400, uh, it, it's actually at, at that time, it was a pretty poorly engineered car. Pretty uh. Shockingly, but his transmission had real problems. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was like shocked that, um, he had been, he had, worked himself into writing you know a 50 plus thousand dollar check because some fucking car dealership guy was like mildly rude to him there's just a lot of like information in that i feel as to like what gets us to spend and it's very emotional in a way not not emotional in the sense of like you know um watching a sad movie or something but emotional in the sense of like you know his ego was maybe a little bit hurt or it's or, not or, your rational brain doing the doing the driving at that point. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know what I mean? I mean, I don't know, like Elon Musk just, he paid $44 billion for a similar, it feels like a similar decision process. So (laughs) your friend is in good company, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess what I'm saying is I wonder, you know, at the root of a lot of discretionary spending, whether there is this irrational impulse that we're not fully in touch with but it's driving us or compelling us to do it even though if you st- if you step back for a second it might not make much sense especially when you're talking about smaller items like buying a luxury car is sort of an extreme thing um especially at that age uh you know but you know just little things um coats and you know, you know um there was a there was a big thing um like a I well I say big but kind of just like a like a bubble of discourse um that had emerged in like um I think it started on hacker news so like techies uh, around I want to say like 10 maybe around 10 years ago um and there was this, there was a pretty significant debate about uh like exactly that's like personal spending but not on the major things but the the philosophical debate was whether it's worth it to buy the best of everything um or or not right and there was a uh, this guy i still remember his name for some reason dustin curtis he, he had a blog i really liked um uh he wrote a he wrote an article that seemed to encapsulate uh some of this like obsessiveness over um mater- like personal materialism here his pursuit is for the best of everything. Like no matter what he's buying, he is making sure that it represents the best he can possibly get. Uh, so he talks about like buying a set of silverware from MoMA, the MoMA store, because it's simply the best in some in some way he's articulated. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. same goes for everything. If he's buying socks, it's going to be the best uh, everything. And this is a reflection of his personal ethos that he doesn't half-ass anything, uh, and that uh, and that he owes it to himself to live the best life he possibly can. And if that means spending two hundred hours to research silverware to buy the very best that he knows that he will use for a lifetime, then that is the right call. Uh, and the other side of the argument is no, you buy you you buy um, the best of everything could also be the worst, right? Like. Do you do you really give a shit about your socks? Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, is is it is it more worth it to buy the quote the best or the one that works for you for your circumstances right now? Like, right. What if you just don't give a shit about wasting two hundred hours of your life researching silverware, right? Um. So there was a real like. So I saw that as a real encapsulation, just how how personally meaningful people were finding stuff. Right, that it's a re- like your silverware is actually an extension of your personal worth at that point. Your socks, the quality of your socks, is an extension of your of of like the value, the, how you see your how you value yourself and how you right. want others to value you. Um. So, no, I would say, I mean, that's a, that's an interesting thing because I I can't what that guy said about buying the best of everything. I mean, I think he's. I wonder if he's like overstating it just to make a point. Um, And if he is, I kind of understand his point because I think in a way the, that mentality, if sort of like circumscribed to be like, you know, I don't care about socks or silverware, but like things that I really do like the things that really matter to me, whatever that might be for people, whether it's your coat, whether it's your car, whether it's, you know, camera gear, computers, (laughs) 
jewelry. I don't know. Whatever it is that gets people excited. Vacations. I mean, well, I don't want to talk. I, I'm very anti-vacation these days in terms of like spending too much on trips. But I kind of understand what he said. If that's the argument, I kind of understand because I feel like if you say like I only want to buy the top quality in this thing, that might actually lower your spending in a way because you'd be like more you'd be more cautious about when you buy something because you're like if i'm gonna buy a new chair i'm going all out for the you know the fifteen hundred dollar office chair or whatever i'm not gonna go to i'm not just gonna go today to costco and buy the hundred fifteen dollar one so i've got to be very careful and i've got to do some research and i got to think about it and i don't know about you but like I, I, I assume that you're probably like this because a lot of people I know are like this is that when you get obsessive about a certain kind of thing that you want to buy, you could spend literally months researching it without pulling the trigger. And you're like, takes long time to finally become absolutely sure that that's the one you want. And then you pull the trigger on it. And then it turns out that you love the thing and you keep it for a long time. And I don't know to me that that is in a way like sensible. Uh, that's probably that's probably normal, right? I think I had the opposite problem for a while. If I wanted, I just bought it and then worried about it later. Right. But this also meant that, so the reason why that whole like little little micro tech discourse from ten years ago stuck with me is that I do end up thinking about that. Right. The proper answer is to is, uh, I mean, the only like useful uh, like takeaway from that is to make it work for you. Right. You got a person. You got a see how that works so i think about this dustin curtis a lot when i'm like when i'm dealing with something kind of shitty that i got that i'm kind of stuck with that i don't actually want it's not like it's not bad enough that i want to throw it away or give it away but it also just bugs me because it's not it's not that it's not as useful to me or as good as something else that probably would have suited my needs better so i end up dealing with it for a long period of time um, that's no, that's, that's a shitty way to live. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, um, so for me, it's, it, it was a very careful, like rebalancing of priorities. Like there are things that I absolutely will spend a lot of, of money on and a lot of care, take a lot of care in my purchases on and a whole bunch of stuff that I could not care less about. So the, so the, the algorithm for both are different. The stuff that I don't care about it means that I value my time over um, making sure that I have the best of this this particular character, which means that the best in that category is the one that's most convenient, uh, cheapest, um, and and convenient for me in some way, right? So, so there's that whole class, like a whole class of stuff that I don't waste any amount of effort on. I'll just find it on Amazon, hit purchase, and forget about it, and that's that. That and that works for me. Um, crafting like creating that that category stuff that i actually do care about that took a lot longer because it's no longer stuff that's it's um and a lot of that had to do with how i wanted to how i felt about presenting myself to the outside world a lot of spending is about kind of reinforcing a signal that you want other people around you to pick up on i think that's where it gets really tricky that gets really really tricky like class signaling some kind some kind of signal like when like 
encouraging people to like a lot of advertisers capitalize on this, right? Like the impression that buying this thing is an extension of yourself. It's a reflection and other people will be able to tell who you are, what you stand for, uh, what values you hold by the things you possess. Right. So definitely, don't you think that that's most definitely is or should be like a younger person's mentality in a way like, Mm -hmm. When you're a little um, bit more, ins- so that's, I mean, that's, that's why the young uh, are the most uh, prized demographic. It's easiest to get them to part with their money. 18 to 35. Yeah. Uh, that's when you're a little, a little precarious, right? You're, you're not quite on economic footing. You're, you're like, you're not quite on stable ground. You still have a name to build up for yourself. Like you need, you act- I'm not even going to say it's a, just a personal, like, anxiety as if it's baseless that is when you are most dependent on the good opinion of others around you to build you know to build your life so to some extent like this is actually just an inevitable thing that happens and advertisers and marketers will be extremely happy to cater to that the trick is to fall is in falling for that or falling for it longer than uh, than you have to and at that point you're just a mark for for brands to make their to make their cash on so, like, that's part of the maturation process. Figure out what you care about and what you don't care about. That that was a big part of it for me. Like, once I stopped caring about, uh, like, making sure that my coworkers knew that, you know, I am X, Y, or Z or something by, like, by the things that, that they can see that I own, um, my priorities shifted a lot. So what's so what's your what's your pleasure now? Like, what what are the what are the things or thing that you like to spend money on where it's for your own personal enjoyment because you just really like this thing and it's not to show others that that you are well i mean the post like okay so um big shift was when i uh when i shifted to running my own company versus being an employee a lot of little like subtle culture signals shift when you when you switch like like contexts like that around um, that was a big shift. And then like the, and then COVID, right. When like, um, it's kind of, it looks like I died sometime in like February, 2020 or something from my credit card bill. Like seriously, like there's just this line that that's relatively nice. stable for a bunch of years. And then like February hits and it just like falls. It's just a oh. straight line down. It's like I went into a coma. Yeah, and then it mm. never recovered. So it's always been like like it fell and then kind of like flatlined. Do you, do you feel level. like it did it break the and it never recovered? Like you're still at a like well, a, like we, a lower we can talk about that later. No, it's absolutely not. But it's in a different okay. it's in a different dimension. Um, so it just like yeah, the COVID thing just kind of was a circuit breaker. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I feel like COVID. Uh, you know, one of the few silver linings of it was i i i at least for me was like you know i i do think it like lulled a lot of us or jolted a lot of us out of the sort of like sleepwalking consumerism and forced us to sort of like reassess to an extent and i know like a lot of my people i know you know their value system has like fundamentally transformed um and and I, and I think there's evidence that that's happening sort of writ large to an extent mm-hmm. and it's it, like i and i long thought that this was beco- going to become like a major economic and social issue and i think it has become that i mean we see that right that's the that's part of that big spike in household savings 
Yeah. Uh, so we see at a mass, at a big level, um, a lot of people were feeling the same thing and responding similarly, like just weren't spending like I for me like being being a woman like I felt I always felt pressure to like uh like buy clothes right Mm -hmm. like it was a little self-conscious I always it was always uh it always made me a little self-conscious to like repeat outfits or wear a thing too often um I I don't know I don't really know why I don't even think most of I don't think any of my coworkers ever even would have noticed but it's just a thing that I felt so I do spend I did spend a lot of money on clothes um like 2020 hits and like why i don't think i've purchased clothes in like three years at this point aside from like like basics like like underwear and stuff like socks Mm -hmm. um like why i'm just at home all the time uh also when i when i when i switched from being an employee to a business owner that was another sartorial shift too it's like well what do i give a fuck you guys are just gonna have to deal with what I look like if you want to get paid (laughs) i don't like (laughs) i'm not i'm I'm your problem now that's yeah, and it, oh, yeah, like you don't like that I wear the same shirt three days in a row. Too bad. Um, yeah. And the work from home thing, uh, yeah. So like, I don't know. I'm, I, that's that's kind of a that's kind of a tangent here. But you know, no, that was I, a big I think, line I item that, for me that shifted. I, I think the sad part, is, or I think there are things about the last two three years where it's I kind of feel like this is you know because I feel like a lot of it was like the spike in credit card debt and and this sort of the economy suddenly jolting back into like full full you know overdrive uh and thus resulting in inflation uh was this like this I, this notion that like what happened to us from uh like a personal finance perspective was a temporary break and we would wake up from it and go back to normal. Mm-hmm. And not only is the economy not cooperating with that idea, but I, I question whether we should necessarily go back to normal. Like I, I feel like there are things that like we were forced to do during um, COVID and lockdown and all that stuff that might've been positive. That might've mm-hmm. like, we might've been in a bad place. Um, not us as a, economy obviously like everyone's spending everything they got is great for the economy at least in the metrics that we care about but in terms of like our own personal um you know balance sheet and cash flow and all that stuff as a household or as an individual like maybe maybe there were things that we started doing that we should just keep doing you know yeah it's been great to keep that personally yeah like i bought nothing um in 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 the early like all of 2020 it started picking up a little bit in 2021 uh but it sort it was nothing like but my habits have completely changed like you asked what do i spend money on now that means a lot to me but doesn't really have any significance to the outside where i spend a lot of money on food actually mm-hmm. uh and i'm talking about like extravagant luxury it's like it's like uh i feel like in 2020 i really reinvested in the concept of like taking care of myself Right. And the food is a big part of that. So I pay. So I, I, I pay attention to ingredients that I use. I try to buy the best quality I can. I can get my I can I can afford that I can get my hands on. And I spend a lot of time and effort on that. Um, it's not a thing that's visible to the outside world at all, but it's it's meaningful to me. Yeah, that's what matters. Right. Is is yeah. is that that you're really maximizing the sort of like tangible return 
mm-hmm. the experiential return on your spend and it makes your life truly better. Yeah. And whether anyone else would do the same or thinks that that's the right thing to do is kind of irrelevant because yeah, it's, it gives me... it's based on your own personal preference. You know? Yeah. Like it gives me pleasure to be careful with the, to take care in the, in the things that I am eating in this case. Um, I, I leveled up my cooking like so much the past couple of years. Um, it's, it gives me a lot of pleasure to do that. It's, I feel like it's good for me. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm able, like my mom has a, my mom is super busy. Uh, like we're all super busy, but she has like, she's like Dean of her department. Right. Um, so like I take her food all the time and so she doesn't, so she doesn't have to spend the time to, to cook. Uh, so it's, so it means a lot to me that I was able to do that. Um, it has all sorts of payoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, whereas before, like, um, when like literally breakfast could be coffee and a Red Bull, and lunch is like a cold slice of pizza, right? Jesus Christ. Or whatever is <laughs> is convenient, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, like I was valuing convenience, like not having to pit. I was valuing not having to care. Right. Uh, that was the thing that I was valuing at that time. Now I, it's it's worth it to me to care. So that's what I'm that's what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. I think that's super important. Like, um, yeah. I mean, I I I think that's just such a different. That's a fundamentally different sort of materialism than the signaling form of materialism. This is the sort yeah. of like direct mater- enjoyment of material things which like food or or um whatever it might be and that sort of material like i don't i don't i think the word materialism kind of in a weirdly in our consumer society has a really negative um connotation because materialism is what you say when you look at your credit card bill and say jesus christ what did i do Mm -hmm. you know it's not the 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 like sort of sense sensory based enjoyment of your material acquisitions which is a good thing Mm -hmm. you know it's good to buy shit where you're like you know i really enjoy using this thing i really enjoy you know having this in front of me you know whatever it might be that's great and if you spend a lot but you're getting that return on it that's like good materialism i don't think materialism is a blanket bad thing at all but you need better materialism and i think you need a direct sort of like personal connection to the things that you do buy. And yeah, that's missing. And it, that's what was missing with what I was, maybe that's what you were taught. Why, why you brought the coat. Cause you're like, I didn't even really enjoy the coat. I just bought it. Cause like, yeah. whatever fucking reason my friend yeah. hated his Lexus, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it was a bad buy. And yeah. I think the problem isn't necessarily even buying it's bad buys, you know, where you're like, yes. I didn't need to do that. You're buying it for the wrong reasons. Like a lot mm. of, a lot of my purchasing, like, okay. I think materialism got a bad name because people were using it disingenuously, right? Like people mm-hmm. will buy a luxury, like say, I don't know, handbag, or a watch or something and be like oh no i just really like the craftsmanship or the quality of the material like bullshit you're buying it because you want to flex right like um that it's that it's quality uh quality uh craftsmanship or whatever that's completely orthogonal to why you actually want this yeah um that's how it gets a bad name when you're buying just a signal to other people. So in 2020, like that was a circuit breaker because who are you flexing to 
like there's nobody around you're not around anybody to flex to so you really have to make a a a more so it's if you're trying to buy you have to be very very honest with yourself about why you're buying this if it it wasn't just it wasn't just money too it was actually harder to get things Mm-hmm. So like you, well, you would true, have to yeah. spend yeah. a lot of effort to buy stuff because like the supply chains were all fucked up. And mm-hmm. so it wasn't just money. It was also effort. And you're like, okay, I can't just like point to stuff and get it. I got to like, might have this to do a little to have digging. Meaning. I have to work for it a little bit harder than, I mean, we have, it takes a little bit more effort and commitment on your part. Uh, when you know that it's arriving four months from now, <laughs> right. uh, than if, uh, you know, next day shipping from Amazon or something. But yeah, exactly. So, yeah. It was, it really, it really disrupted a lot of bad habits. And I think the work has been uh, on beha- on society's part to get us back to that, the bad habits part, because that's what's needed. But as individuals, I think it was very healthy to have gone through that. Yeah, I, you know, and I think, I think it's tough because like everything that we buy, I think it's a mix of both, right? I don't think it's, it's, it's rare that something is just like purely for our own personal direct use and not um, in some way signaling to others, either through like showing people what we bought and saying this is, you know, on Instagram or whatever, but also just like the psychological, like feeling of owning this thing. Like I'm a person that owns this. Like it, it's not just my material enjoyment of it. It is also the incorporation of that thing into me. If Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Like, Oh yeah. But, but there's a component of that, to everything. I don't think it's just one or the other, but I do think like there is a difference between like trying to focus on when I like when I want to buy something, you know, like I feel like say whether it's like a new television, which I haven't, I haven't bought a new TV since um, 2008. (laughs) Are you kidding me? I have wow. a 14-year-old plasma t- television. Yeah, but you also have um, that ultra short throw projector that you oh, got. Oh yeah, long I, like yeah, were. that was one of my big yeah, I paid s- almost 2000 bucks for that. Yeah. And uh I fucking love it. Even though I don't yeah. actually use it that often, but I fucking love that thing. You were one of the first people that I I knew to have had one. Like it's all over the place now, but when you got it, it was it was pretty cool. I, I had got, to go well, I, it wasn't it was hardly available here at the time. I had to go to China to buy it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I had to get a friend to buy it for me because it wasn't even that easy <laughs> to find in China. Uh-huh. And then when I first we lit it up at at his apartment onto the wall, and I was like, "Holy shit, this thing is uh, it's the Jesus box! Like it's amazing." <laughs> um, but but yeah, I think and yeah, I've, like I've spent you know uh, you know I've had we you know my wife and I like we watch movies at home, and it kind of feels like being in a theater and. It just has a really, it's a different, it's special. Like we'll sit down to watch a movie, like almost like it's an event, you know, and that was yeah. really nice. Cause you couldn't, we couldn't go to the theaters right? You know, yeah. for a while. It was perfect. Um, but when yeah, I, think I, about invested, stuff like, yeah. I invested mm-hmm. a little bit into like upgrading, like my, my sound situation, like got a proper receiver, good speakers. I got so much pleasure out of that every day. Right. Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, like in your home. In your in your home, like this was an actual piece of luxury, right? Well, where does it um, stop? That's my question because, like, I, I can understand that obviously. Like that, that's great to have, you know, to have your house filled with really nice music and it sounds great. And but where does it stop? Because then it's like, um, 
can't why why can't I extend that feeling to like when I'm on the road and I want to like you know if I'm going to be because I think the LA uh, thought process for a lot of people is like uh, when I'm on I'm in the car so much I might as well just make that time nicer so I'm going to go buy myself a really nice luxury car and that makes sense too like where does it stop because I can't really fault people for thinking that that actually kind of makes sense right I think it's different for everyone right like mm-hmm. right now I drive a I drive my mom's old like my uh, I got into a bad car accident. It got totaled in like 2019, and I didn't want to. I didn't really. I, I did just you didn't. really? Oh my god! Yeah, I didn't know that. I did. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. I'll tell you about it. I'll tell you about it after. But uh, if you want, but yeah, I got in pretty like it was, I was t boned. Um, it was pretty bad. Uh, on the driver's side or the other side? On the driver's side. It was. Oh my goodness! You were. Yeah. But you weren't hurt. I wasn't hurt. Like it was. It wasn't on the freeway. It was on a. It was on a just a road. Uh, it was so a day after Thanksgiving, so thankfully, like. It, like there wasn't that much traffic. It's just like this elderly couple that blew a red oh, um, and plowed into me. Like, you know, very thankful to Toyota. Those guys definitely know how to put a car together. That car. Yeah. That car saved your life. Yeah. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Like the, like I never even saw the car that hit me because like it, it impacted and like the side, like the side airbags deployed. So I never oh, even God. saw it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, and of course like, it, like, and by the time like I had, wriggled up the other like they had pulled the car out and pulled the car away and like drove it up the block so i never even saw the car that hit me uh kind of crazy but i mean that's not the point of the story the point of the story is like my car was totaled and i just didn't want to go car shopping so i just took my mom's like beater uh like beater toyota prius uh with like eighty thousand miles on it i still drive it now it's fine because I work from home. I go to the grocery store like once or twice a week. I, I don't drive anywhere. So it makes no sense to me to uh, spend a bunch of money on a nice car at this, at least at this point in my life. Yeah. Um, so like it would have been nice. Like I think like I, people, people in the, in the Patreon, Patreon discord, um, will can probably probably remember me wanting to buy a car at various points in the last couple of years. Like I did want to, I, the idea of having a nice car is, is attractive, but I just simply don't need it. So if I'm being very honest with myself, it's a waste of money. I'm not going to get the value out of it. I'm not even going to get the personal enjoyment out of it because I'm not in it for very long. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I, for, yeah, I mean, I could totally see myself like upgrading my car and really enjoying it, but I'm not going to do it because I know right off the bat that that's not like a financial undertaking that I want to, that I need to or want to make, right? It's just, it's just too much money. I'm like, you're, you're talking like, you know, tens of thousands of dollars now for a car that will be, um, and I think about, I guess in that case where it's like, I don't need a car, I have a car. Right, I start thinking less about the car that I want in order to get myself off that like that that sort of obsessive path that leads people that leads me anyway to like make a big purchase. Like, I'm not an impulsive person, but I will get sucked into the rabbit hole of thinking about stuff to the point where I'm like, yeah, every day I'm getting more and more ready, you know, to plunk down, you know. Mm-hmm. And the antidote to that for me is to like really try and appreciate the car that I have. <laughs> that's a, mm-hmm. I know that's a dorky thing to say, but like it helps. It does help for me to like just sort of like, first of all, keep my current car like well-maintained and the inside clean and just in overall make it as enjoyable as I can. Mm-hmm. Like it's one thing to let your old shit 
like just gather dust and be crappy and 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 it makes you hate it more it's another to like actually maintain the thing that you have and like even the process of just maintaining it almost makes me more emotionally bonded with it if that Mm. makes sense yeah and i start to like it like i really love my car now even though i know it's not you know it's like a 12 year old crv right Mm -hmm. but every time i see it 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 kind of has this like i have i'm drawn to it just because you know i i i care about like you know i i care about it a lot i i maintain it and i keep the inside you know really clean and i have like a good you know you know all this i'm just like a responsible car owner mm-hmm. and uh the like sort of reinvesting in the relationship i have with things that i currently own mm-hmm. helps me to not think about replacing it you know that that meme of like the guy that's with his girl but he's like checking out the other girl that's walking by <laughs> yeah like yeah, yeah. don't do that <laughs> like that, yeah. the other girl that's walking by that's you know um you know that that's like the new Toyota Sequoia that just dropped, and you're like, oh, hey, <laughs> yeah. You know, and then yeah. your your twelve year old beat up CRV is kind of like, Ugh. but that's when she's gonna throw that. a rod just to spite you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You don't want to don't don't bring that don't don't bring that energy <laughs> into that yeah. relationship. It's better not to not to do that. Um, yeah, yeah. Part and of, after like, you put, I, I feel like after you put enough miles on something, yeah, whatever it is, like you know, even even like some furniture that I have, or like some cl- some co- jackets that i have or my cook well the cook where you got to replace but like just shit like even my pc we've been through some shit together you know what i mean <laughs> and you know it's seen me through some tough spots you know yeah. it's helped me out i've done a lot of shit on this computer that's really been been you know really helpful for me or whatever yeah you can't just you together. can't just ch- you wouldn't just chuck out a friend like that yeah um, exactly we've been through yeah, some adventures together you know yeah yeah um and uh you know i just think about I guess I try to think about shit that I don't necessarily want to replace because it costs money. I mean, a new PC ain't cheap, you know? Like, I'm not going to buy... I'm going to replace it with something good. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be, like, at least a $2,000 undertaking. And I'm like, I don't want to drop 2000 right now. This thing works perfectly fine. Yeah. And instead of, like, constantly thinking about the new thing, which I'm like, but it would be so much better. It would be... I just try and think about why I love this particular PC so much, even though it's a complete commodity. The fact mm-hmm. that I've been with it for that long kind of lends it a sort of personal value. And when I go to my parents, I don't know if you feel this way, but like, you ever go to your parents' house and just see the old shit that maybe as a kid you thought like, oh, this beat up stuff or whatever, but now it's almost like a family relic and yeah. you sort of has like new meaning, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. Although that I wish they had kept me. more of uh, more of their old stuff, I'm still yeah, not. I still haven't forgiven exactly. them for chucking it all for chucking out. My dad was kind of a, a gear hoe. Um, oh, that's to put best. it bluntly. Yeah, yeah like he then. bought. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like he bought every he he had, he has owned every single Macintosh that has ever been produced, except like the very first one, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Everything made since like nineteen like nineteen eighty onwards, he has owned. Um, and like, we own none of that because they just chucked it after a while. My mom just got mad because he was spending all this money on computer stuff. And this wasn't, this was not a cheap hobby at all. Right. right. We're talking like a $3,000 computer in 1982. Right. Like not. So like, 
so they just kind of got rid of it. And now it's like you could. St- oh my god, you throw you throw away history. Oh, my parents <laughs> did that too. They chucked all the good shit in the house mm-hmm. um, because they thought it was like outdated crap. Yeah, and I'm like, I went back for my child, like the stereo that I had in high school, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's so like to this day, probably inflected with nostalgia, biased. Uh, to be fair, but a Yamaha stereo deck uh, that had like like beautiful maple speakers with that nice cloth front. Um, and then it had a CD player, a radio tuner, and a cassette player. Like to this day, the best sound I could I can imagine in a stereo. And I actually went back to my parents' place to pick it up because I wanted I wanted to put it in put it in my place. And my mom's like, oh yeah, I just I just put it out on the curb, you know, whatevs. See, I hate that. <laughs> yeah, my parents are like that, and I ha- I know exactly what you're talking about. I remember my father used to have a very nice, like, film camera, like an SLR, mm-hmm. and I was digging in their basement uh, earlier in the year, and I, I found this, the aluminum, like, uh, the camera, it's like a, like a, like an aluminum briefcase almost that they used to put camera gear in. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, shit. Uh, oh, wait, hold on. There's a fire truck coming. Uh, okay. So I was like, oh, shit. It's the camera's going to be in there. I haven't seen this. And I opened it up, and it was completely empty, except for the camera strap. And I oh, asked my no. dad, what happened to the camera? And he was like, oh, I threw it. I, he threw it oh, no. away. I think he tossed it. I don't think he threw it in the trash, but he just, like, put it out somewhere for anyone to take you know and i'm like why he was like it's garbage why why do you want that oh and i feel like that that was (laughs) i feel like that was something that was sort of a bad habit that they had picked up in america Mm -hmm. this like consumerism where like they weren't really proud of the things that they bought they just thought they like they bought it and then after a while they're like yeah it's crap and then they they never, you know, it's weird because like that's totally not who my parents are, but they still kind of behave this way towards some of the things that we had. And yeah. a lot of this stuff is gone. And I'm like, why did you throw it away? And they're like, whatever. And I explained to them, I'm like, that stuff is really not necessarily even valuable. It's not like I'm saying the camera was worth like a lot of money. I think it was like a Pentax SLR, but it's a nice thing to have, you know, like mm-hmm. it's it was our family camera and it, it still it would still work great. And they were like, man, why, why would you need that? We, we replaced it with a digital camera. And I'm like, that piece of shit, like, Canon little thing, point and shoot thing? They're like, yeah, that thing's awesome. I'm like, no, it sucks. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's complete garbage compared to that SLR you had. Yeah, but, you know, yeah that it. stereo, that, that my Yamaha stereo, it ha- it's, it's uh, I wanted it because I wanted a thing that actually had an audio jack, a three millimeter uh, jack. Mm-hmm. None, like, these, none, like I'm, I, I hate Bluetooth. I hate all of these uh, streaming services. I wanted that actual physical connection. And I thought, oh, brilliant. I already have one. It's at my mom's house. And it's gone. It's freaking yeah. gone. It's fucking sad. Uh, <laughs> and it's, it doesn't, it's only about like tech. Like, like there's some, they, incor- my parents definitely uh, um, imbibed some of this uh, feeling that tech is dis- inherently disposable and like not worth keeping around for too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we'll never want to go back like it's always like 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 whatever is coming in the future is always going to be better than whatever has has happened in the past and we are never going to go back to that like so it's inherent like it's valueless in every sense of the term right mm-hmm. 
Um, they still have this like shitty ratty blanket from 1973. It's the most hideous thing you've ever laid eyes on. It's like, it's like eyeball searing neon green and yellow, Mm -hmm. like flowers on it or something. It's from 1970. It's like threadbare. It's, it's, it's ugly. It's horrible. Every winter that, that piece of shit comes out to to get draped over the couch. (laughs) Yeah. But my stereo had to go. The Lisa, the Apple Lisa had to go. That's you, a fucking shame. Me? Wait, you don't you're have the Lisa me? anymore? No. Oh, my fucking God. We had the Apple II, the Lisa. That's just what I can remember. We had like yeah, three. We had an Apple IIe. We had an original Apple IIe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fucking gone. Just yeah. chucked. He, ch- he just chucked it. He was like, oh, yeah, there was an electronic recycling day. I chucked out our, your childhood computer. I'm like, why? Oh, yeah. All of that shit gone. Uh and yeah, it's just sad. I don't know. I, wanted to, their I mean, I understand because like, what is the point of having this ancient computer sitting around in the house? I'm like, but you have a basement filled with like yeah. crap, like your fucking like papers from you have I, like I go down there and I'm like, what is this junk? Like, it's just crap. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's unmentionably worthless crap that is of no use to anybody. But well, the, yeah, like, the computer's my, my dad's notes from when he was a PhD student are all there. Yeah. Like yeah, a pile why? of LA Times from like the <laughs> 70s. That's still in the corner getting eaten by by silverfish. Yeah. Exactly. Shit. Oh, yeah. All the computer manuals of that Apple IIe are still around. Oh my God. The Apple IIe oh my is God. gone. The manuals. The manuals. <laughs> and the cables. Yeah. The fucking cables and the manuals. Yeah. But the, the actual, actual computer is fucking gone. Like, yeah, I've discovered the box of cables, like connectors that I had never seen in my life. And I asked my, my like, what the hell is this? Like, oh, we, we, oh, for the computers that we chucked. So why do you still have the cables in case we need them again? See, this what? is the horror that keeps me from wanting to replace my PC. So, you know, uh, not calling out any names, but Adam's always trying to get me to, to upgrade my PC. And I think he's right. But. I'm like I'm living with this trauma of like uh you know everything great being thrown away and I'm like I know that my customly built crappy PC or whatever no offense to my PC it's right here but I'm like it's not there's <laughs> be gonna nice. be no value to this but Don't I'm, I'm just, <laughs> I've just invested there's just, just so much use in it I guess what I'm saying now is like I'm not the Apple II is not worth much money at all um not it's not really about value or you know if I wanted one for whatever fucking reason i can go buy one you know like but it's not mine it wasn't mine and uh i guess now i feel like a lot of the things that i own okay going back to what that guy said like just buy the best of everything there was another article where i saw where the guy what actually got his uh the magazine i forgot what magazine it was to go allow him to sample the actual best thing in several categories including the best the most expensive pair of jeans in the world um he got to go to a tasting where they opened the most expensive bottle of wine in the world he tried driving the most expensive car all this stuff and was asked whether it was worth it and for the vast majority of almost everything he said it was a totally it was a total disappointment the only exception was a was a swedish horsehair mattress which he said although it costs $110,000 he was like it's pretty fucking good if i was rich i would buy it <laughs> that was the only thing everything else he said was crap mm-hmm. uh, not crap but like totally not worth like just a total disappointment but anyway i think instead of saying like i want the best in terms of like the most expensive or whatever i think it is fundamentally right i think to say like i want to buy the best in terms of like i want to buy something i really like 
whether that means like something inexpensive but you know reliable or or something inexpensive but gets the job done or you really kind of go high end because you know I want to go all out on this but the fundamental uh criteria should be like am I really going to enjoy this like yeah you have to have a personal I, relationship yeah. With the with the thing, like so, when you say like, where's the line? Like, what's the appeal of? Wouldn't you want a house that's full of you know the very very best of everything? That's mm-hmm. no longer a home, in my opinion. Then you're kind of just living in a resort. Yeah, there's right. no way to have a personal relationship with the things that sur- that surround you that 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 help you through your through your life, basically, right? It's right. A, it's that same disconnect that he, Fight Club, right? That first montage where it's just it's just him like. It's making fun of the, you know, your basic office drone who buys his house out of an Ikea catalog, right? It's a similar level of disconnect, either at that end, just buying everything out of a catalog because the catalog looks good in some way, um, mm-hmm. versus just spending a shit ton of money to have the very, very best in your home. It's it's not a home. Yeah, I get that a lot from the, like, vlogger aesthetic that I see a lot, like, NYC living alone vlogger thing that's been taken over. And, you know, they just buy out the catalog at CB2 and whatever. Yeah, and it's kind of a, it's um, kind of a, maybe it's the ultimate manifestation of this kind of, this ethos, this cultural ethos that's going on where your home is literally not a home. It's an actual set. Like, literally, for these people, it's a set. Yeah, yes. Uh, yep, that's a good point. Yeah. Totally. Um, so is your, is the stuff that you buy set dressing or an actual possession? That, that was a big, big thing uh, to have to, to have to navigate. Oh, right? and they're bending reality because a lot of them get sponsored. So, you know, yeah, exactly. They're... So it's like on every, on multitudes of levels, this is, they have like completely stripped personal meaning out of the idea of home. Yeah. Yeah. The idea of actually owning a thing. Like we have yeah. a very weird concept of ownership too, I think. Um, I mean that's a that's that could be a topic for a different time, but like the very idea of ownership, I think, is in is in question here too. Yeah, like a lot of our stuff is is to some degree just renting it from a a purveyor. Um, I don't know. Um, the idea of true ownership of a thing, and then ownership implies a personal relationship. Like you clearly have a very personal relationship with your PC, right? Like you hear you're, you're like basically <laughs> talking in terms of loyalty and obligation. Like what do you owe this thing that has th- seen you personally through so much, right? Yeah. Um, but I also I think that's what imbues things with meaning, right? And I, I think the marketing speak that tries to force that kind of personal connection is trying to hack that feeling. Or trying to, or the status game convinces people that because that this is this is this is your entitlement as a member of this privileged class, you are entitled to ownership of this thing. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that you personally have a connection to it, and all yeah, all, right, all right. social forces are conspiring to make you forget that part. You don't psychologically own it in 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 that sense. Like yeah, you, it's merely like a token of membership in mm. this uh, in this class that you wish to belong to. Yeah, uh, or set dressing uh, for the life you 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 think you should be living. Yeah. Um, yeah. but like I'm, I mean I don't know I have this personal relationship with this bamboo ladle. It's like. 25 years old it's just been yeah. with me my yeah. i took it with me to college right like mm-hmm. i didn't know what the hell i was doing i knew that i would probably need a ladle so i just grabbed this random label ladle 
out of the like utility utensil jar in the in the family <laughs> kitchen. And I was like, all yeah. right, I'm ready. I am ready for for adulthood. Um, yeah. And it's just been with me since. It's like broken. It's not. It's like half a ladle now. The bamboo was like like the the spatula part like fractured almost down the middle. Yeah, I still Pink. use it. Yeah, I still use it. <laughs> yeah. It, like, yeah, I mean, it, it, it sort of defines who you are, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, um, it's the shittiest. Yeah, it's mine, that's mine. Don't, it's you mine. Know. Like, this kitchen is not, like, this kitchen would feel less mine if that ladle were not in it. Yeah. It's it's how, it's how it is. So, like, um, I, I don't know. I think you do have to restore that kind of personal relationship to things. And that means that it means you have to find meaning. So my spending has picked up. But it's no longer about uh, it's I have zero interest in stuff that uh, I get because uh, like other people in my circles have it or something. It's mm-hmm. does it does it is it meaningful in some way to me? Like I've been buying a lot of like servers, like business equipment, because I'm about to I'm about to 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 launch a couple of projects and I needed, I actually needed stuff to support that. That has been very meaningful. Those are meaningful purchases to me not just in utility, but like, it's like, okay, I've decided on, like, I almost, I held off on buying the stuff almost like fear of commitment, but it's like, I put the money down. It's in my possession. I'm working on Like it feels real now. Um, so I don't know. Like I, I'm, I'm, I feel like I, I, the credit looking at the credit card bill no longer looks like, uh, uh, getting the check after a hangover. <laughs> It's like yeah, I, I, yeah. I am aware I am more fully aware of what I'm spending on, which means that I have that mental tally. I don't know about you, but I think one part sign of my denial of my of the problem was that I could not keep I could I, I just did not have a good mental model for what I was spending. So it would always come as a surprise to me. Yeah, and, and a lot of it just did one thing that really bothered me about spending was like I didn't end up with a lot of stuff that I like really held on yeah. to. I wasn't building yeah. up. Like, okay, I'm spending a lot now, but then this is just less spending I have to do later. It was like free flowing spending that was like recurring and it wasn't, I wasn't building up, you know, uh, you know, um, an inventory of like life necessities and they were all things that I really liked. And, um, you know, and I see, uh, I don't want to be too negative because I, I feel like I'm not trying to critique people and, and everyone's spending is like very personal to them, but like. You know, sometimes I see people who just like are constantly cycling through stuff like the, you know, they're just like constantly upgrading and upgrading and upgrading. And they're just, they're very quick to like toss out the old and in with the new and, and stay on top of the curve when it comes to this stuff. And I don't know, it, it feels like how can you develop a relationship with the, with the stuff that you own if you're constantly looking to get rid of it and upgrade? Mm-hmm. You know, so that's kind of why I like to hold on to shit for a while, especially if it works. And uh, and that's the other big thing. Like, it's it's just about f- a lot of its function. A lot of stuff becomes really beautiful to me because, like, it's super functional, mm-hmm. and it's just a, it's just a fucking workhorse, and mm-hmm. it just gets everything done. And I just come to like love it and depend on it. And it is a weird sort of like anthropomorphizing of inanimate objects, but. I think the result is you're happier with like your material conditions yeah. because you appreciate everything you have more and you're not as not just, it's not even just the checkbook like, or, or the, or the credit card bill in terms of like 
oh, I'm always getting rid of stuff and buying new stuff, but it's also just like satisfying to um, like feel like you're kind of surrounded by shit that you really love. Mm-hmm. That has um, use and, so. and, and deep, deep value. Like yeah. I make my living off of computers, right? So like, um, so you would think that I spend a lot of money on, on my equipment. I actually don't. Uh, it's hard for me to upgrade because upgrading means basically like losing my flow for like weeks at a time to up to update, tweak, um, customize. Like it's a real pain in the ass and it's really disruptive. So like my all like all the stuff that I use is old or it's or it never started out being very expensive. It's never top of the line. Uh, like the average gamer has better equipment than than I do, and I make my living off of off yeah, of computers. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of like you know how musicians like they don't. There's like some, I forgot. I was just hearing about someone who, um, really famous like singer songwriter who like used the same guitar since he was like a teenager, and mm-hmm. um, you know, it's not even a particularly excellent guitar, and and. Um, yeah, like I think musicians develop this like relationship with their instrument, and it's not just always about getting the best instrument, but it's a personal relationship they have with it. And I remember like hearing a Linus Torvalds interview where he had been using the same PC for like forever, mm-hmm. and he was just like, "I love this thing. It's just, it's just gotten, it's just I've done so much work on it." Yeah, and it wasn't till absolute necessity where he was like, "The thing just wasn't capable of doing what he needed mm-hmm. it to do." that he allowed someone to like gift him this like incredibly powerful <laughs> and he probably top, hated that see. thing for a long time he, he probably, probably resented missed... the shit out of it for a long yeah. time yeah, yeah. Like, it was a mourning process for him to give it up you know mm-hmm. uh, so... but he it, it, i felt like he had developed a relationship with it the way like a guitarist might with his axe you know like absolutely this yeah. is mine like you know and that's missing i think uh and i and, and i see that the YouTube culture, like around tech, where it's like constantly upgrading and like it's very like spec driven, you know, like how many polygons can this thing pump out? And it's just very everything's very spec driven and it's just totally impersonal, like it's completely commodified, which is fair. It's a commodity. It's not like these things aren't commodities and that polygon counts do matter, but it does kind of I don't know, there there is a sort of like personal um connection that's gone missing, and I feel like that. Yeah, it eviscerates the core of materialism that I like, which is like just really it's sad. Yeah, it's it it's sad. actually it. I was thinking about that the other day, actually, like like watching some reviews of uh, like tech reviews. I just get this pervasive sense of ennui, like extreme existential boredom. Um, like 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 this like it's uh like there's just no dopamine left to squeeze out. Right. The mm-hmm, excitement mm-hmm. just is not there. Uh, but if you take like one step back, then we're talking about like. We're talking about like gear that would be considered a supercomputer like like 15 years ago. You're yeah. talking about a thing that was like the best that would have been like like nation states would have been fighting over this this equipment like well within our lifetimes here. And we're talking like oh I can't do I can't do 90 frames a second. It's just like where the fuck are we in society? <laughs> like I can't believe, I can't fucking believe this. Right. So it's 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 not a knock on the technology. It's like it's like we've just tapped out our collective ability to feel joy at this thing, at these these incredible feats of uh of technology here. Um so I kind of wondered like like what's the, so I was wondering like what's missing? And it's like it's that personal relationship with the thing that you're using. 
I like if someone right. stole stole my like desktop, um, I would absolutely pay like thousands and thousands of dollars <laughs> in ransom back. to get it back. Yeah, in ransom to yeah. get it back. It's yeah. it's it's a freaking Mac Mini, right? Like it uh-huh. was not worth that. Like if someone took like on uh, the laptop that I that I do a lot of work on, like I would absolutely pay like out the nose to get it back because that's what it means to me. Not just hey, you- I mean personal personal value and that it's actually re- like that's that's is what i need to be able to do the to do what i do you saw castaway um, right you know when, when oh, wilson yeah. gets pun- when he punts wilson out and he like <laughs> i like, get no. that i get you know, that yeah you steal my a- favorite sweatpants oh hell yeah <laughs> it's on yeah I will be yeah. in the newspaper saying that I killed a guy oh because he stole my favorite he stole my favorite sweater like yeah. fucking like it is just on right um yeah. not to say that this is the the best or the only way to like everyone is going to be different it's just um I have found what like I can absolutely say that my relationship to materialism is far healthier than it has been like, I actually feel like I feel genuine joy at stuff. Like, it's a cliche, mm-hmm. right? Like, does this spark joy or not? But I'm I'm sorry. Like, it's actually... Well, there's a true. reason that took off. I think there's a real truth to that. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, you just be very intentional about the things you surround yourself with. Um, that doesn't mean that you have to go all out to, like, spend a year researching the best socks on Earth. Right? It just it just means you have to have th- that personal relationship has to exist for there to be any chance at like feeling meaning and, and joy in mm-hmm. how in the things that you depend on to live your life. Yeah, I think and there's all, serendipity to it. Just, it. It just turns out that that was the thing that was available at the time when I needed it. And, uh, you know, this thing was on sale or whatever, you know, like and that's mm-hmm. what I ended up with. And then I learned I kind of like wrapped myself around that thing because that's what I got. And I'm going to learn to use it that way or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. And yeah, I think, I don't know. I, 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 we've been circling around this idea, I guess. I don't know. Maybe we should summarize it or, or wrap it up because we're at um, an hour and a yeah, half. And it's I, a lot. No, I thought I, I was not expecting that we would talk about this particular thing to this degree, but I think it's pretty important, like for me personally, because um, it's just so tempting right now. Like, or I don't feel the temptation, but I can see the environment just being so geared towards misleading people into thinking that that's materialism is to like constantly be buying and and, and whatever. And that people who advocate to be like a little bit more frugal about stuff or, or to be a little bit circumscribed in terms of like willingness to buy buy new things that that is an inherently anti-materialist position. And I just, I think it's actually in many ways reversed. Mm-hmm. I, I think that this tendency for people to buy and replace, buy and replace, everything is leased. Like every car is leased. I don't, you know, once it's past three years old, I don't want that shit anymore. It's someone else's problem. It's such a cynical in some ways. I, like I'm not bagging. I'm just saying like, let's think about the negative aspect of that too. It is deeply cynical to say like, I want this mach- I want this thing that, that, someone built and is works and is kind of in its, in its own right a work of art but after three years it's a piece of shit i want to get rid of it if you thought that way about people you know that'd be hideous why are we okay necessarily thinking that about things you know especially when you start digging into the deeper aspects of commodities and that you know these are actually things that people build and design mm-hmm. they're not they didn't come from nowhere right like they 
people did put thought and energy into making this thing. And so there is a human quality to everything that we buy too. Right. And, Mm -hmm. um, to sort of appreciate these things and not throw things away, reuse things for as long as possible and realize that like the longer you reuse things, the more you end up loving these things, they become great. Like you fucking love Mm -hmm. these things. Um, because you've invested time to maintain it and to, you know, in some cases upgrade it or, or fix it or, or whatever. And you just become really appreciative of shit. And you can't do that when you're constantly in the mode of like, I'm going to throw out every place because something better came along. Um, I think it's a much more satisfying one. It's much more satisfying, uh, just sort of having these things all around you in your house rather than a bunch of new things that are bound to disappoint at some level because you probably overpaid for it. Um, and number two, it's way, way easier on your bank account and your credit card. Oh, yeah. Long, long term. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. I don't get FOMO for stuff. Like I, like I see a sale or something. I used to be a total sucker for like the the little like like promo that slides into your inbox, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like, oh, 20% off or this weekend only. I used to be a total sucker for those kinds of things. So actually it's a brand that I already kind of liked. So I'd just be trying to make an excuse to 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 buy. And I, I mean, I'm not alone in that. This is why this works. This is why they do it. Um like that shit just kind of slides by me now. Like I don't, if it's not a thing that I that I decided that I needed, uh, it takes a lot of work for a marketer to convince me that I did. Yeah, yeah. Um, so at least that that low level of just kind of like like opportunistic spending has been completely cut off. Like I don't do that. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I if I'm if I'm looking for if I go if. I decide what I need and then go shopping to meet that need. Everything else, it just slides right by. Um, the things that I do bring me a lot more satisfaction. Again, because I sought, because I was seeking them out for one thing. Um, and because I know what I care about, if it's if it's if it furthers that goal, then it it I I got super excited about like this. I was looking for red chard. You know what I mean? It, like the like the vegetable. The vegetable, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just got this like red. It looks like kale, like fluffy, kale, like leafy kale, but the spine is red. Yeah, it's, I I've just feel it. like yeah, yeah. Um, I remember like it just wasn't in stores, and then I found a bunch at the uh, at the farmers market. Like I am so excited about eating that. Like so <laughs> excited. Probably I'm looking forward to it the same way that I would look forward to like eating at a like a three star restaurant like mm-hmm. five or six years ago. Yeah. Um, like. It just it it actually it it releases the same amount of dopamine as uh, going to eat at a restaurant that was going that's going to cost me like like two hundred dollars. Yeah, I mean it's it's uh, it it is a purely subjective uh, uh, sense of value, right? Yeah, Which yeah. Is the so most I guess important. that some is guard your dopamine. <laughs> you have a limit to how much dopamine hits you can you can squeeze out of your brain. Be careful with that shit. Don't don't tap it out on, like willy nilly. Yeah, and and I just have like a lot of like um, old shit that I still use, like uh-uh. like still watch. I still use my DVD player. <laughs> really? Yeah, uh, because like there's little hacks, like um, like DVDs are way cheaper than Blu-rays. Uh huh. And to, so, yeah. so you can like Criterion, like you, like I like I've been really trying to buy some movies 
mm-hmm. like for some reason i was just like i gotta own a copy of parasite mm-hmm. i was like i got i just i love that movie so much. you know that's a, that's the thing when and, i talk about ownership this is a real thing on my mind so i i buy hard copies for everything now yeah and so i bought you know it was like there's a sale on these criterion dvds and i bought when i buy the dvd because it's like half the price of the blu-ray and plus i don't have a blu-ray player i have this like mm-hmm. old dvd player that's actually a really good one and uh you know i could sit here and think about how this thing's like pretty low resolution and old tech and who the fuck watches dvds anymore uh but i remember like i'm like this thing still fucking works like really well and if you watch dvds they're like surprisingly clear still they're like oh, they're not great but they're surprisingly usable mm-hmm And instead of, I guess I try to think of stuff like, instead of like how all this stuff is like outdated and just not really that good, which I could say about this thing, I'm still marveling at the fact that this thing works as well as it does. I I try to think, I I guess I try to think a little bit more um, optimistically or, you know, positively about the things that I have rather than their limitations there's still kind of miracles that they even work, you know? Yeah. And so I'm just like, uh, I, I feel very bonded to this little DVD player nice. because I found a little hack where I'm like, Oh, I could buy, I could get all these movies for like super cheap. I got a criterion version of this thing for like $9. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Blu-ray is like close to 40 bucks. And, uh, uh, I'm like, yeah, see, I got my way. You know, there's a, there's a, there's, there's like this weird value to this thing still. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Nice. Anyway, uh, a little a little anti Black Fr- Black Friday, or actually maybe no, maybe it is pro Black Friday, but just go buy something you really love. You, you know? have to really love it. Don't just don't just fall for the sale. The sales aren't even that great anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Any brands want to come work at Plan A? We will lose you money, guaranteed. You know, things are so overpriced that even when they flash a fifty percent off sale, they just become normal priced. Yeah. <laughs> like I, uh, I just bought some clothes online, and uh, there was like a one of the big retailers had uh, I think J Crew had like fifty percent off everything, like a legit fifty percent off. And then when I put everything in the cart, I was like, still kind of expensive. It's not, yeah. you know, like <laughs> like huh, the uh, sale isn't hitting as hard as I thought it would. Yeah, yeah, it's a fifty percent off a shirt that was priced ninety dollars, and it's just a flannel shirt. I'm like. Yo, I think the, I think the percent is kind of bullshit when it was two hundred percent. you know, two hundred percent too expensive. So yeah, yeah. Plus, the um, quality's gone so bad at all retailers. Like, you really have to be careful here. Don't tell me that. I'm still waiting for my shipment. I'm, okay, I'm I hope it's, it's halfway decent. <laughs> I think it's. I think it hits women's clothes more than than men's. Honestly, yeah. Fast um, fashion became a real thing. Yeah. Yeah, like like men men still have very different consumer patterns than women, but like women's yes. clothes, the quality is just abysmal. Um, yeah, because all, they're like literally, the aren't they like one season and out? Like that's basically, sort of like normal behavior yeah, now. Yeah, so. that's basically how you're. And even the and they figured like like brands with a little bit of cachet, some like reputation to it, they're still maximizing on that, like cutting quality while keeping the price the same, because uh, the brand's reputation will will carry some inertia. There is a huge difference there, isn't there, between the way they like market clothes to men versus women, where I feel like everything I see for women is all about being like extremely current, up to date, follow, you know, very fashion forward and but very little talk about you could own you could this could last you for like your whole life Mm -hmm. whereas with 
then stuff, they're like, if you buy this $600 pair of shoes, that'll be the last pair of shoes you ever own. Whether that's true or not is whatever, but they at least try to like market it. That's the value. Yeah, That's like the you, value this, that they're, it's an they're, early yeah. quality pair of jeans, man. Whatever the <laughs> fuck that means, but like you will wear this je- pair of jeans until you're an old man, mm-hmm. which is how they sell stuff to guys now. Mm-hmm. And total, they don't really see that for women. They don't really. No, it, it takes. Yeah, I fell for that, but like I'm a, such a creature of habit. Um, like I, if I find clothes I like, I will just wear that. Right. Like, mm-hmm. so when I say I feel pressured to, to not do that. That's what I mean. Like I, that, that runs counter to how I actually live. Uh, so despite buying a lot of clothes, I still just wore a very small subset of the things that I would be buying. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took a lot of work to deprogram and just, and just like okay this is how i live there is no point uh pretending that i'm somebody like spending money like i'm somebody else it's not gonna happen so if i spend money on clothes i will spend a lot of money still but it'll be exactly the stuff that i will wear um and for women if you want if you want stuff that lasts you do have to spend because that's just simply not a value that's reflected in the in the supply chain here yeah so yeah. I still look homeless most of the time. I still look like a bum. <laughs> but I'm actually wearing like decent quality clothes because I bought stuff that has high enough quality that it'll last for a long time. Mm-hmm. But I also buy like several copies. So it just looks like I never changed. <laughs> it's yeah, it's a it's a it's a thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, it's like Steve Jobs in his black turtlenecks. You know, it's corny, but if it worked, it worked. <laughs> someone i i hope there's a photograph of his like closet somewhere someone's got somebody full of black turtlenecks i it's it was probably like three turtlenecks honestly it's like it's not some like american psycho shit where he, like he opens the closet and it's like like 30 perfectly pressed white shirts yeah uh it's <laughs> not it's not that so, speaking of steve jobs though, someone bought a pair of his old birkenstocks for like two hundred thousand dollars oh really and an nft yeah <laughs> like his actual used Birkenstocks, someone paid like two hundred and twenty thousand dollars for, and the yeah. description was just gross. It was like these are the Birkenstocks he wore to planning meetings with Steve Wozniak and the great like. It, ugh. It, yeah, he had like notoriously bad hygiene. Yeah, I mean, those like, were he, had, he actually had to. The people like his bosses had to have a talk with him in in a couple cases, from what I understand. I I don't I wouldn't doubt that. Just yeah. Yeah, geeks like, are. I think, geeks I think are Atari red. locked him out of the office. They're like, you can't come in here anymore. You work from home. Yeah, and now his. <laughs> uh, oh, it was such a nasty pair of shoes. Like you can see the toe, the 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 toe marks, individual toe prints in the shoes, and how worn down the heels were, and just a greasy, worn out piece of shit. Oh, it was so bad. Uh, yeah, I don't know where I'm going with that. Just I, I, I felt. Yeah, I think what that means them. is that. Just because someone else loves something doesn't mean that, like, just because you love something doesn't mean other people are going to love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I guess with $200,000, I mean, someone did love it. <laughs> I, oh, um, why did you buy that pair of shoes? Like, why? Yeah. What are you, you going to do with it? You know what? I don't I don't want to know. Um, yeah. I'm glad I we talked this out because this is actually going to drive my consuming behavior going forward. Just to okay. just kind of, like, spell it out a little bit because it, oh. it does seem to make sense to me at like a coherent you know it is coherent in a way right and um basically like just really driven it's like a practical form of materialism i guess and mm-hmm. and one that form. allows emotion and affection for inanimate objects 
to like play a role here. Mm-hmm. Whereas I want to get away. I'm not, I am not enamored by spec driven, uh, fad driven consumption because it, it just feels, you know, and if it's spec driven, there's always like one clear winner anyway. So yeah. everyone's going after the same thing. Yeah. You know, and- there's no room for like serendipity here and, and, uh, you know, just the just like the randomness as to how one person ends up with one this this thing. It just happens to be the thing at the store that day or whatever. It was meant to be. Now it's like I can go online, I can shop ten to fifteen different stores all at once using a shopping site, find the lowest price, boom, boom, done. And of course it's the same exact thing that everyone else is buying because that's what New York Times wire cutter said you should buy. Mm-hmm. You know, and that 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 I think is a form of like buying that's just not that pleasing to me in a way but that's how a lot of stuff goes now yeah so and it takes work and maybe this is a it, it is a trial and error process no one's no one gets it right right out right out the gate everyone's gonna make everyone makes mistakes it's just how hopefully you make them before it's too late to change yeah and also just i mean if you get something it's also just like kind of just use it despite maybe it's not being perfect but just like i mean if it sucks yeah replace it but otherwise like if it's good enough just like go with it and yeah. just like learn to learn to like it i guess <laughs> you know, just fucking deal and learn to like it okay you oh know? that was it yeah the counterpart to the to the guy who's like i want the best of everything uh was the was the argument that the best is actually what is good enough like it's the best is always tied to uh its utility in your life so it's on you to decide what that use will be. And then you you find the thing that you triangulate from there, what the quote best thing for that purpose is going to be. But you need to be very clear about that. But it all depends on that purpose. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So good enough. That's what that's what made me remember that. I think that works. Yeah. yeah. No hard and fast rules. Just that I think it's a. I do think it is right. People we're ripe as a people to to re to readjust our consuming habits. Mm-hmm. I think there's a dire need for that personally. But anyway, I mean, we're up against some real material constraints here. Just consumption for consumption's sake that has a that has a clock on it. It that can't that train does not go on forever. It's right. So things like like uh, like being care like taking care of the things that you buy that you that you own for longevity. Uh, being able to repair stuff um yeah, that's huge that's all yeah. informs my like my personal ethos on i hate throwing out st- like like just throwing out like something with a chip in it or like just i it just it just feels bad like especially when it's just like one thing that broke that makes it unusable i it just i, I don't like it yeah unfortunately so many things are going that way you know yeah like i i'm really bonded to my television I can't imagine a lot of the stuff that a lot of the TVs that are coming out now. They they almost seem disposable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, There's, um, yeah. I, I mean, not you know. I don't know. It's just they're almost uh, lost leaders for for like for like big box stores. You, do you notice that? Like, you walk into Target and there's like a whole bunch of TV absurdly priced TVs, sixty five right inch, four hundred dollar TV. <laughs> like yeah. what? <laughs> like, since like, are we at the point where TVs are your loss leaders? Are you, are we yeah. are we serious here? Then like we thought this this train would just go on forever. Yeah. 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 Anyway, um, okay. 
Uh, that's our, should we call it there? That's Yeah, by no means the last conversation on this, um, but it's fun to talk out. Yeah, I mean, this is weird because we're just talking about things. And I think actually the bigger domain of spending is actually experiential spending, you know, mm-hmm. trips, things like that, which is a totally different kettle of fish. Yeah, we'll get but, into that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, bare bones crew. It's been, it's been, uh, you know, we've been holding down the fort, but um, glad we could get this one out for this week. And uh, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Happy if Thanksgiving. <laughs> All right. If you celebrate, <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's Canadians in the crowd, and there's also that's true. imperialists that uh, that's find true. this to be a celebration of genocide, which there is a case to be made for that. There is um, a case. At least it stays off work, so that's something yeah. everybody can enjoy, enjoy and appreciate, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I am looking forward to seeing my family and having a nice meal. So cool. All right. All right. Later's. Um, see y'all. Thank mm-hmm. you.